Hello, everyone. It's Jerry at the Fledge, and welcome to an, uh, the episode 53 of season two of Every Damn Day. And today we've got our good friend Katie Curran on the show. How Hello. you doing today, Katie? I'm good. Let's uh, let's start with uh, you telling us about you a little bit. Um, well, my name's Katie. Um, I'm 29. I have my own little shop in the Rio Town Marketplace. Um, I'm a mom to an 11 year old. And I also do a lot of gig work on the side to fill in like my financial gaps. Yeah. Um, so that's pretty much me like day to day. So you, uh, I read your bio, you mm -hmm. were born and raised in Lansing and mm -hmm. have been in Lansing your whole life, right? Yep. Um, what was, where'd you go to school? What, tell us some stuff about that. <laughs> um, well, I started school at IHM Catholic school, mm -hmm. um, once we couldn't afford that anymore, I went to uh, a few different elementary schools and then Otto for middle school, um, Eastern for high school. All right. A Quaker. I'll give you some skin <laughs> on that one. I was much older, though. So I graduated yeah. in 84. You must have graduated in 2010. 10? Okay. Um, so, you know, I, I want to talk a little bit about being a single mother in mm -hmm. Lansing uh, and having a business in Lansing, because those <laughs> are two tough things yeah. in themselves. 50% uh, of the single mothers in Lansing live below the poverty line. Mm -hmm. um, and to live below a poverty line or even be close or live, do you know what the Ellis threshold is? I don't know what that number is now. You know, well, it's, uh, I think for a single mother, it's around, uh, somewhere around $30,000, maybe $29,000. And yeah. it's uh, it stands for Access Limited Income Constrained and Employed. Mm -hmm. And what it basically means is you live check to check. And almost everybody in Lansing yeah. lives check to check. <laughs> yeah. And um, how, how was it being from Lansing, being a single, or, or I'm sorry, are you a single mother? Yes, I am. I didn't know how to <laughs> Yes, I that. am. <laughs> um, and... Uh, how was it starting your business? Was it tough? Yes. Um, but I got, I got pregnant pretty young. Um, I was 17 and I actually started uh, college when I was five months pregnant at central Michigan. Um, once I actually had her, I just realized I can't do like the traditional college mm -hmm. life. It just gives me no time to be a mom with a baby. Um, so I moved back here and I was really thinking about like what I was going to do with my life. Cause I was in college actually for neuroscience. That's where I was going to be headed. And I was like, you know, I would be just now finishing that degree. And so I was like, what do I want her to take away in life? And I was like, I just want her to see that her mom does what makes her mom happy. Cause I think if you're a happy parent, you can be a much better parent if you're a fulfilled parent, but if you're just grinding away at something you don't enjoy, you're not going to have that energy to be happy at home. Yeah. So that's why I chose that. Um, it was kind of difficult. It took me a long time. I probably spent about eight years just making things and then trying to sell on Etsy and doing little shows here and there. And luckily my family's really supportive of what I do. So they were always willing to babysit and stuff like that. So. Yeah. 
you need that support system is so important mm -hmm. for an entrepreneur, whether whether you live in poverty below the Ellis threshold or are well off, you still need yeah. a support system around you. And I think we're going to get into that a little <laughs> bit um, in the show. Uh, you, uh, you tell us, let's let's promote your shop a little bit. Tell us where it is and what you do and when you're open. And Yeah. Uh, well, my shop is called Monkey Stuff. Um, it's in the Rio Town Marketplace. If you're not familiar, it's right across the street from St. Vincent's. Um, you've probably seen the big record lounge signs out front. So it's it's right in that same door. Um, and about half of my shop is things that I make myself. So jewelry, epoxy, um, knit and crochet, tie-dye. And the other half is things that I do purchase wholesale. Um, but I'm... I'm a really strong believer in like supporting other small businesses. So everything that I purchase wholesale is made in the U S um, by really small companies. Um, typically women owned, but most of these companies I buy from have like less than 30,000 Instagram followers. Like they're small and oh. that's important to me. How do, how do you find those companies? I actually, um, I don't know if you're familiar, but there's like a site called fair it's to connect um, shop owners with small brands. Okay. And so it's a really great, it's pretty new. It's a really great resource because then I don't have to go to trade shows and all that. What, what is, how, which is it fair? F-A-I-R? E. F-A? F-A-I-R-E. Okay. Yep. Oh, F-A-I-R-E. Yep. Okay. Yep. And is that like fair.com? We'll mm -hmm. find it and we'll post yeah, it. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. So that's where I find, um, the people that that I purchase from and every account on there will show you like their values like are they women owned are they small are they not on Amazon um so that you as a buyer can like make those type of decisions yeah. for your store how do you feel about Amazon <sighs> I do buy things from Amazon because it's easy as far as like bags and tissue paper because you can get it for very cheap. And so it's, I wish I didn't have to, but to buy from like these bulk order wholesale companies, I got to buy like a thousand bags minimum. And it's like, I have $20 spent on bags. So Amazon will give me, you know, bags for $20. And like, if you purchase through like Uline or whatever, those minimums are much higher. So yeah. it's a push and pull. Like I wish I didn't have to use it, but it's also, I can purchase in one transaction bags and resin molds and tissue paper, like all of that in one transaction. So I dislike Amazon more than most, and I still <laughs> have to use it for I don't have reasons. Prime. Um, no Prime. No Prime. I, I, like I said, I, for a long time, I really avoided ordering on there. But once I had the store and I had to like have certain things, I was like, let's buy it all at once. <laughs> I uh, I feel dirty just uh, publishing my podcast on Amazon Music. <laughs> um, so, what about uh, what about local to Lansing? Do you uh, buy anything from local? I want to. The issue with that is that um, we do have a lot of like small handmade shops in Lansing, mm -hmm. and so a lot of artists their stuff is already in this shop or that shop. And I don't want to step on anyone's toes and be like, well, you carry this person's stuff, but I'm going to do it too. Okay. Um, so there's there's kind of that. I do have um, some candles from a friend of mine that I sell, and I'm definitely open to it. Um, 
I think a lot of artists get nervous to ask. Would you uh, Would you be looking, like, let's say I wanted to start an mm -hmm. artist business today mm -hmm. and I didn't have the money for the rent because you've got to pay rent and all of that mm -hmm. in your shop. Would you be looking to collaborate with um, an artist like that who was just getting started and mm -hmm. looking for somebody to help them distri yeah. distribute? I could definitely do that. And um, I'm... I'm okay with either purchasing your items wholesale, and so I pay you up front for them, and you don't have to wait for me to give you a monthly commission, mm -hmm. or if commission works better for you, I can do that as well. So is that consignment? Is that yeah, that yeah, sorry, called? yeah, that's it's the okay. same thing. Um, so that kind of leads into the bigger thing that you wanted <laughs> to talk about. How do you, how do you view Lansing and the small businesses that are. <laughs> um, I love Lansing, first of all. And I think we have a lot of really wonderful small businesses. I think it's really polarized. Um, I think you have like the old town businesses and the downtown businesses, the east side, Rio town, south side. Nobody really messes with the south side. It's like as soon as you get south of homes, people are like afraid of that area, mm. unfortunately. But. I think if we could all get together and there wasn't like the little like pettiness or the competition, um, we can be a really like powerful business force in this area of the state. Um, we're far enough from Detroit and Grand Rapids and we have a lot of really amazing shops here that people just don't know about. People either they know about Old Town or they know about Rio Town or they 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 only like the East Side or, you know, like yeah. people have their opinions and there's really fabulous shops all over the place but since we don't work together we don't create that that buzz that some of the bigger cities do for their small businesses yeah so how does how do you see that like what's that look like if if you could push a magic button right now <laughs> and everyone started collaborating and yeah. uniting i would love to see festivals that are not centralized to one spot like how they do um like in old town they have an event called the shop pop what if that was a lansing wide event you know lansing's not that big area wise it's like what like eight miles long or something like that so it's not that big so we could definitely do something like that or um yeah like events that require you to go from spot to spot um unfortunately old town has most of those so that's what's coming to mind like the chocolate walk and um, arts night out. What if arts night out was citywide? Yeah. Um, and then people who want to go to arts night out, they can, you know, drive to this area and then drive to this area. I do think the parking situation in Lansing would have to improve a little bit for that. Like um, the number of spaces or like charging for parking or both? Both. Um, like in a lot of these areas, parkings can be pretty limited if you get enough people down there. Yeah. Um, and then now that they have their new parking system they've just been like well let's charge for parking everywhere because it's so easy to pop in these little digital kiosks yeah. um it doesn't seem like it's the right thing to be getting revenue from our community yeah. that is struggling with poverty is struggling with Dallas thresholds and yeah. all of that i'm happy that they made it so you could pay with a card but that's that's where my uh pleasure with that new system ends like right. <laughs> well even paying with a card means you have to be bankable 
Yeah. Which if you can't get a bank account, you can't get a card. And they and charge a convenience fee on that. Yeah. Of 30 cents per transaction. Oh, they do? Yeah. So if the parking, because Lansing's parking is pretty cheap. So if the parking is 30 cents, now you're paying double just to pay with a card. Mm. Um, and that big lot in Old Town that used to be free, you now pay. And it's cheap, but it used to be free. And that was great for those businesses. So um, if you went to Otto, did you grow up on the north side or? I kind of. At that time, I was living on the north side. Um, first, we lived with just my mom um, by MLK and Jolly. Okay. So that's where I first lived. My mom worked in that L&L that used to be there for a long time. Yeah. <laughs> and then she met my stepdad, and we moved way up over by State Road. Okay. And that's yeah. why I went to Otto. Okay. Got and it. then, um, yeah, we just we stayed over there until after I was done in high school. Now they live close to downtown, but yeah. Um, we haven't said the west side. Yeah. How come? <laughs> I guess it just didn't pop in my mind. The West Side, I know that there's some great businesses over there, but I feel like a lot of that area is very like commercial. Mm -hmm. It's got the mall and it's got the Target and the Myers and it's got like all the restaurants and whatever. So there's nothing wrong with that. It's just I know when I drive through there and I'm looking around, I don't see a, there's a few like small restaurants, but I don't really see like small shops. So if they are over there, I would like to know. Well, I think they're trying to improve that Saginaw Corridor mm -hmm. um, kind of by, oh, I'm going to get the streets wrong. But like Pine and Saginaw and Oakland. Oh, yeah. I used to live there. on Princeton Avenue yeah. right along there where Parks yeah. Furniture and stuff was. Yeah. So. Yeah. I think they'd yeah. like to revitalize that a little bit into, that would uh, be nice. I don't know what they're going to, I can't, I think they have a name for it or they're starting to. Um, but yeah, I, uh, Yesterday, my guest reminded me I wrote a poem a long, long time ago <laughs> about how the city seemed to have turned its back on yeah. the west side um, and the 496 corridor that went, you know, that opened in 1970, wiped out that whole Olds Avenue neighborhood and That's all that. That's where my mom lives, actually, on Olds Avenue. <laughs> right now? Yep. Oh, wow. That's where she moved um, back in, like. 2014 or something when we moved from like the state road area that's where she bought a house at because it was very cheap because yeah. nobody likes that area i've uh my whole life i've not been in lansing my whole life i've been in ann arbor and grand rapids mm -hmm. too but for the most part um i've been in this area my family has and i've lived on every side of town yeah so i'm actually super passionate about what you're talking about mm -hmm. in this unity um what you you uh you have some ideas, I think, right? <laughs> um, like, what yeah. are you doing? Right? Well, as far as like me personally, it's it's hard for me to do like a lot, you know, because most days I'm, you know, working on my stuff from nine in the morning to nine at night and I'm just trying to get by. Um, I am like doing like kids classes and I try to keep those well-priced because my hope is that if it's accessible for kids and they can learn like a craft that is like valuable um, beyond just like the fine art scope, but to create something, maybe that'll give them the confidence to want to start their own business. Yeah. Um, do you, so you, you do art and jewelry and crafts mm -hmm. and things like that. How has the, the learning the business side of it? Cause a lot of times, People yeah. do this, they start as a hobby and then they want to make it yeah. a business, but then that's kind of a reach for them. Yeah. How's it been for you? Um, 
it's been easy and difficult. The thing is, like, not to talk too much about government and politics and all that, but they make it very easy to create a business. They make it very difficult to pay taxes. That's the part that's scary. Is it, It's free to get on the IRS website and create a business with your, you probably know that. With the EIN. Yep. It takes two seconds. You get the paperwork in the mail. You're officially a business. But now... And if you want to go through the state of Michigan, you get a sales tax license. Um, if you want to be an LLC, you got to go through Lara, all of that. And that stuff gets really muddy and really watered down because there's not good resources to help people kind of wade through all of that and figure out what actual paperwork they need. Mm-hmm. And then when it comes to paying taxes, I mean, like, God forbid you mess up. Um, and there's, again, there's not good resources to help you with that. And a tax professional is crazy expensive. Yeah. Um, so it's, you kind of get stuck in this area. I did make an appointment when I first started with the SBDC. Uh-huh. So anyone who's thinking of starting a business, make it's free to make an appointment with them. And you can ask them any question about business, any question at all. It's a one hour appointment and you can make multiple appointments as many times as you want. And you, they're professionals, you know, in the field. I don't know if you're familiar with their work or yeah, you okay. don't know much about the sledge, I don't think. Yeah, I do. haven't been here. So um, the uh, so the Small Business Development Center, it's on LCC's campus, mm-hmm. and they have tons of free resources. You go to their website, you sign up, mm-hmm. you sign a consent form that you know you can yeah. talk. They can talk to their consultants, and they'll help you form an LLC, yeah. a DBA. They'll all of that. Um, help you get a business loan if that's the proper thing to do. Um, and then there's also, well, the Fledge will walk you through the paperwork. It's a $50 filing fee mm-hmm. in Lara if you're creating an LLC. Yeah. And then um, we're also free. And, and SBDC will also make you pay that, that yeah. filing fee. Yeah, um, that's the fee that the state charges. But so. the other thing that's great about the SBDC is they've got all these videos online. And you yeah, can just watch the videos. So if you're worried about taxes or mm-hmm. marketing or how to hire an employee. But um, sometimes it is nice to talk to somebody and be like, this is yeah. my situation. And yeah. so it's it's lovely that that is free. So anyone who wants to start a business yeah. and has questions should just make an appointment there. And, and then I think uh, Leap is uh, introducing a program this year called Level Up. I'm not 100% sure yet, but it's to help people that are, you know, running their business out of their house mm-hmm. and they want to get a little more legal and a little more, um, I guess, rec- get mm-hmm. in a position where you can get a grant. Because if yeah. you show people your personal checking account and, yeah. you know, that's how you're running a business, it's harder to get that funding. Yeah. So, um, you said something I think that was very profound before the <laughs> uh, uh, before we started here, and it was about if it wasn't for COVID, you yeah. want to keep going. Yeah. Um, the sad thing is, and I hate to say this, but I think a lot of people, especially small business owners, feel the same way. COVID, if you didn't lose somebody to it kind of turned out to be, I hate to say a a blessing, but the funding that became available for small businesses really helped myself and a lot of people get off the ground. And it's one, it's really sad that we need like the abject horror and crisis Mm -hmm. of a pandemic 
to convince the government that poor people can be trusted with money. Um, but yeah, it's before COVID, I could have never gotten grants, loans, you know, it was the SBA grants, it was the stimulus, the unemployment money that allowed me to go from my bedroom to a store. Um, without that, I couldn't have done it. Because pre COVID, um, you couldn't get those things if you didn't have X amount of years in business, if you didn't have this credit score, if you weren't making this type of money. And it's like, the push and pull is that you need those things to get to that place. It's kind of like that, that issue when people are like, you have to have job experience to get a job, but you can't get job experience without getting a job. Yeah. It's like, there's, it's like a lose lose. Yeah. Um, and so when COVID the bank came, will only give you a loan if you don't need it. Right. If you, <laughs> and yeah, like you have to prove that you've been like this much profitable and all of that. And so I think that can keep a lot of people from not wanting to start a business because you if you are if you're poor and your family is poor and you don't have those type of resources you the government's not going to help you yeah um you have to figure it out yourself and yeah bootstrap and do side hustles yeah and and I, I hate the bootstraps like because i feel like we were all we were just pulling on our bootstraps and there was nothing in there you know we were just ripping them ripping those bootstraps but um unfortunately there, there's no money in the bootstraps like <laughs> well um so what there's there's a bunch of well in 2020 it was the the year that most or more small businesses were started in the u.s mm -hmm. than any time before in history yeah and i think that correlates with the the grants and the yeah. funding and people were at home and right. they could think about what what do I want my life to be after this? Yeah. Whereas when you're in that shitty nine to five job, you don't have the time. You come home, you cook dinner for your kids, you go to bed. Like, I think know. that there was a glass bubble of shininess mm -hmm. and fakeness around tons of our systems. And COVID just picked it up yeah. and threw it on the ground and said, that's what yeah. things really look like. Yeah. And um, it also proved to us, I think, that uh, poverty and support of the poor has always been a policy decision, mm -hmm. right? They don't, they decided not to do it until they had to do it. Right. And what, tell us about what that did for you, because you said you were in your bedroom, I'm yeah. quoting you. And so you're working out of there and then you start to get to a, sh you get this funding, mm -hmm. you get into a shop, you can increase yeah. your inventory. Yeah. It what happened? Well, it's, it was really kind of like surreal for a minute. Cause it was kind of like when that funding started coming in, like, you don't know how long that's going to last. And, um, you know, like I said, I think there's always like this, this mistrust of poor people that if you give us money, we'll waste it. We won't spend it responsibly. I think that's been proven wrong. Many times you give poor people money, they invest it well. Yeah. Better um, than most. Better than most. They don't throw it in, in trust and bonds. They, you know, pay off their loans and they start their businesses. And so, yeah, it was, it was, I was given the opportunity to open like my first little shop um, in the basement of uh, Thriftwitch yeah. when she was over next to Cravings. Yeah. If you're not familiar with that building, there's a bunch of little rooms in that basement. Mm -hmm. So she kind of gave me that. I was really nervous, but I was like, well, I have this money. What am I going to do with it to, you know, change my situation? 
Um, but had I not had that money, I wouldn't have taken that opportunity because I would have been like, no, I got to pay this rent. I got to fill this space. And, and she is Tisha King. Yeah, that's Tisha. (laughs) Um, And then she moved. She's still doing that though, right? She's got a different spot. Yeah. Due to crappy real estate politics. Um, Hey, don't steal her show. (laughs) She's still got to come down and we're going to, she had to move. I'll just leave it at that. Due to crappy (laughs) real estate politics in old town. Um, she had to switch buildings um at that time in the basement of her old building i had taken over two rooms because i kept getting this funding so that's when i first started to get into wholesale Mm -hmm. so the funding gave me the ability to purchase product wholesale um and so then i just really like ballooned from there because i was able to offer other products besides just what i make yeah um and so yeah i taken over two rooms when she moved i was like you know I think it might be time for me to kind of just fly on my own, mm-hmm. I guess. Um, and so then that's when I got the space of the marketplace um, where I have like more room. And because had I stayed with her, um, I may have taken up more space yeah. than and then like the other small shops with her may have lost out. On well, I think that. that's kind of her objective, even Rio Town. Mm-hmm. Uh, marketplace objective yeah. is to get you guys growing mm-hmm. so you take a whole storefront maybe yeah. you'll have a whole factory someday. i would love Who to knows? have a, my own building one day but. yeah so you're <laughs> aspiring to that. yes so uh how'd you do this well how are you doing like financially with the business is revenue going up is yes um if you have a shop, you know, January and February are the worst months for small businesses, especially ones that rely on foot traffic. Um, but even though it's it's been difficult the past two months, I've made double what I made last January and February. So that makes me really happy. First, I was like, oh, but it's so slow. But then I actually looked at the numbers. I was like, I've made double what I made last year. So, um, yeah, I think it's just trying to connect people with your product as a shy person i'm i'm i struggle with the social media and putting myself out there i don't like to put my face on social media with which hurts my algorithms or whatever but <laughs> it is what it is um by shy do you mean like you're an introvert and, yes extremely yeah. um and i just have like a hard time talking like i have like my business face like when i'm at the store i'm like one person mm-hmm um which is like a face that i learned from like working in retail and all that you have to talk to people that forced extrovert yeah yeah which is exhausting yeah and it's it's not (laughs) me (laughs) um and so that's why i don't put my face on social media i'm super private and i see how people can get torn down so easily on social media because something about i'm like deathly afraid of that like i'll look the wrong way or i'll say the wrong thing so i just i don't talk (laughs) i don't put my face i uh post and walk away whatever they want to say let them say it i need to get to that point (laughs) um just uh along the collaboration lines Mm -hmm. uh Miss deirdre is saying i need to be introduced to miss katie so uh (laughs) i i will make that happen okay yeah you're welcome to stop into my shop anytime and and talk to me um the weekdays are super slow tuesday through thursday um 11 to about 3 30. i leave a little bit early to pick up my daughter from school um Mm -hmm. but feel free to stop in um and then i'm there friday and saturday too the foot traffic's usually a little bit heavier so sometimes i get a little busy but i'd love to see you two talking because 
Deirdre went through the one and all program. Oh, okay. and that's something that you might want to think about applying yeah. for too, a little funding and help from the SBDC. The Fledge is a program partner with the uh, Refugee Development Center. Yeah, I'll have to uh, look into that. So, uh, but I'll make sure that you two, I'll send you yeah. both an email later. <laughs> um, what, as we, as we kind of wrap up here mm -hmm. and people are listening or going to listen to the show, what advice could you give them? Whether, and maybe there's two pieces of advice. Me mm -hmm. as a consumer, you know, I, I don't have a shop. Um, <laughs> well, I actually do, but, um, or somebody who does have a shop, a small business, yeah. give them each a small thing they could do today mm -hmm. that would help. I think if you're a consumer, and I, I know this gets, you know, pounded into your head a million times, but do try to shop small. A lot of times you can find cheaper alternatives um, than what you're going to get and, and higher quality alternatives because you're basically buying direct from the producer. Right. Um, so I, I would say that it really, my, my sales in my store for the day, you know, determine the groceries that I buy. So it's, it's very personal. Um, so yeah, shop small for those reasons. Um, and if you have a business or you want to start a business, don't be afraid to reach out to people. Um, some people don't want to help, but a lot of people are willing to help um, or can lead you in the right direction. So don't be afraid to introduce yourself to somebody. Um, don't be afraid to follow business groups um, on Facebook and, and comment and ask questions. Um, yeah, that's, that's the best advice I can give is I didn't start making good sales until I just kind of forced myself to, to reach out a little bit. So, and I love your advice and what you're saying here, because it, it takes these dollars that are hard to get mm -hmm. in Lansing and it traps it in Lansing. Yeah. And that's really what we really need to do is surround ourselves by people who have money. Yeah. By people who, and I don't mean, go find all the rich people and stay with them. What I mean is spend money with your neighbors mm -hmm. so they have money so they can spend it with you. Yeah. And those dollars become $1, $2, $4, yeah. you know, so on and so forth. So economically speaking, collaboration, spending with each other, spending local yeah. traps that dollars and raises the probability for all of us. Yeah. So it's, it's more than just the, uh, you know, we, we do the love Lansing hashtag all the time <laughs> and all of that. And all that's great. But at the end of the day, it's math. And yeah. what you're saying is exactly right and exactly yeah. what we need to do. Yeah, like I said, you can even find at the marketplace, there's a farmer's market. There's a soap shop and Chuck's. I don't know if you're familiar with Chuck who owns Sapo de Solis. Yes. Yeah. So his a lot of the stuff he makes, it's, it's amazing and it's cheaper than what you're going to get at Ulta. Um, so... Yeah, like that's what I would say is there's something for everybody and you can get what you need for cheaper. All right. So now that would be for the <laughs> typical show, but you brought uh, you brought back something from last year and <laughs> we're going to spend a little time on this because on the website, I still have last year's uh, run of show. Yeah. And if you all remember from season one, I asked a question and the question was happiness, sadness, joy, hope and love which one would you like to talk about um 
I chose sadness and the reason for that is because some things that do make me sad, um, as I said earlier, is all of the like business polarization in Lansing, um, how each side of the town kind of supports like their businesses and they don't really connect with everyone else. Um, and the, the lack of financial resources, um, especially if you're, if you're poor and a lot of times when you're poor, you don't know where to find those resources if they do exist. Right. Or um, you don't even have time to look because you're yeah. worried about food and housing. So, and like if those things were, if there was like a place we could go, that's like business resources for low income people.com, you know, like something like that, that was just really straightforward. It was like very simple. It was like, click on this button and apply for a grant instead of this waiting through government websites and finding mm -hmm. out you don't qualify or this or that. So um, I think if we had more of those available, more people would start a business. All right. There we go. <laughs> Thank you so very much for being on the show. Thank and you. Uh, it's uh, well, you got anything, any pop-ups or any, not pop-ups, but any events coming up in the marketplace? Um, there's actually a like women's themed art show coming up. Um, I don't remember the exact dates. I think it's late March. So if anyone's interested, go to the Rio Town Marketplace page. Um, and also I am hosting a kids class. Um, it's like an introduction to crafting for ages five to 10. So um, you can find that event on my business Facebook page. Um, Which is? Uh, it's Monkey Stuff Jewelry. Um, that's my business page. So you can find me there. Um, and yeah, the event is on there. It goes through a whole description of what it is. It's just introducing kids to a different craft night or a different craft each night. It's a four week long class. So. All right. Yeah. Well, thank you so very much. And thanks for trying to help build up uh, Lansing <laughs> and the unity and the collaboration. And go out and love on somebody today and do that by helping them with their business. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> buying local and trapping these dollars in our community. That's a wrap for every damn day today. Love you all. And we will see you tomorrow. Have a great day. Thank you, Katie. Thanks. <laughs> Oops. Doing wrong.